Hey, hard hats. It's the big guy, Scott Ferrara, Mike, the grand poobah Parazzini. And it's the break time with the big guy and the grand poobah, man. It always feels good after a win. Hey, Mikey. <laughs> it, oh, absolutely. It's better, you know, better a win than a loss. So I'll take it any day. And Mikey caught exactly one fish while he was up there for eight hours, ice fishing, freezing his ass off. But how absolutely. many beers did you catch? That's the question. Uh, not too many, you know, we had, you know, had a few PBRs, you know, smoked some cigars, you know, had a nice time caught what, exactly one, one pike, which I've never caught a pike before. It was a keeper. So if I'm you want to see it, if you want to see it, check out this week's episode of the rugby rig. Cause Mikey did send me a picture and I made sure that, that picture <laughs> made the edit this, this, uh, the rugby rig comes out in about an hour. Uh, check it, check it out at, at rugby rig pod on Facebook. And uh, you'll see Mikey there. Anyway, besides all Mikey's bullshit about why he didn't come to the opening of Memorial <laughs> Field last weekend, we have uh, one of the, the, the good fly hats from the Iron Workers, Amy Matthews. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Uh, it's really cool. Really cool. To yeah, be no, on. listen, it's we love having guys on. Um, you know, it's one of those things where we, we love talking to the players. We love getting to know you. We love getting, you know, the fans getting to know you. Um, especially again after a win, we're amped up. We you know, we opened up Memorial Field with a big win against Toronto, um, which we'll talk about in, in in a second. But just stadium atmosphere for me, obviously, you know, we got to tailgate. If you guys are coming down to the OGs, we tailgate in the first floor, of the best bar, uh, Best Buy parking lot. It's a municipal parking lot. It's free. Um, come see me. Come see Rob Rorty. Come see Alecki. Jason Zimmerman is going to be there. The whole crew is going to be there. Uh, hard hats. Come hang out. We're probably going to get there around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Um, going into the stadium, uh, just, you know, easy time with the tickets. Everything was QR codes and right to the merch tent. Got to see our girl jazz, <laughs> check out jazz at the merch tent. If you're not buying merch from jazz, I don't know what's wrong with you. I got, I'm not <laughs> wearing it because my wife is washing it so I can wear it. Cause she tells me I, I'm not allowed to wear dirty clothes to rugby anymore. I don't know why, but she told me to, it, yeah. dude, it was an old, it's, they have this old school rugby shirt with the hoops and the long sleeves and the big white collar and the secondary New York logo. Only available at Memorial Field on game day. And I think they sold out. I got the first one and then they just kept going. And I know a bunch of people were asking, well, you know, will you have them next week? And, and I'm pretty sure Jazz was like, probably not. And there's Jazz. There we go. See, I'm pushing the merch. I should get some commission. <laughs> um, but after the after the uh, merch tent, went to the food trucks. Didn't order any food because I was stuffed from the tailgate. I got to be quite honest. But everybody else was ordering food. They had the, the street tacos there. They had stout there with the beer. Again, cash only. There's no ATM on premises, so please bring cash uh, if you guys are coming to the stadium for food and beer. Uh, and then right to the field. I got on the field to do the show. Uh, me and uh, and uh, Mike Petrie were kind of walking the field together, uh, bullshitting a little bit. Here we go. Oh, steak truck was the bomb. There we go. Um, me, and, me and Peaches are kind of walking around, testing out the field. I mean, feeling the feeling of the brand-new turf is always good. Um, you know, it's, it was nice. They, they took out the football lines. So I know from a, from a fan perspective, a lot of fans like that. Me personally, I felt it's always easier for a, a new fan to see how much, um, you're actually gaining, uh, on your, on your runs and stuff when you have those markers there. But I know the purest, there's no football lines or whatever the fuck, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you know, for like my father, who is kind of a neophyte in rugby, it was easier for him to, to understand, okay, we're actually gaining yardage here. We're losing yardage there just based on those, those things. But, um, from, Mikey didn't experience a, any of that shit. Um, so I was going to say from, from a TV perspective and watching it, because, you know, I was watching the game in my little, you know, fishing shanty, it was, you know, looking at the field, it was nice. You could, you could definitely tell there was still some like football lines, but they were definitely, definitely blended in 
incredibly well. Um, oh, you know, a lot less busy, which I absolutely loved. I think, you know, that's the, the greatest compromise. Everyone's saying, oh, why don't you have a single use, you know, rugby field in, you know, New York City? And it's like, well, because fuck you. That's why. That's, you know, exactly. Do, yeah. do we have fuck you money? No, we don't. Um, but this I think this was great. It, you know, it looked like everything was was awesome there. I, I can't believe. Yeah, I missed, you know, the first game. But, you know, it is what it is. But I'm looking forward to coming down and, and you know being there in per- person, you know, sometime this season. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. They had the jumbotron was up with all the graphics, and Stanton assured me this week we're going to even have more graphics on there. You know, it was kind of a rust job as they're trying to get stuff straightened out. Um, in my opinion, very little issues as far as you know gaining entry, getting your tickets, all the fan stuff. You know, bathroom accessibility was easy. Getting to your seats were easy. Everything's clearly marked. Um, you know, it is benches. So bring a seat pad if, if that's what you need. You know, my father's a little bit older, so he has his old Mets seat pad. He always brings with him. So that was perfect for him. Um, the sun does go back, back past the stadium. So it does get a little bit colder as the sun goes past the stadium. So if you're one of those people who are a little bit colder, I would suggest you bundle up a little bit. The big guy probably going to be in t-shirts, short flip-flops. As soon as that shit hits 45, <laughs> it's summer for me. Um, no, but seriously, I, that's, you know, just one of the things I noticed. Um, and Honestly, looking back, and I watched a little bit um, on TRN, the replay, just to look at it, it did look a lot better. The angles were better than, than anything we've had before. So let, let's ask the guy. So, Eamon, how is it How is it playing on this brand-new field? Uh, it was, I mean, plain and simple, it was awesome. You know, we, uh, we, we'd we been there twice before the game, um, just kind of, you know, getting comfortable with it. It's our new home, so we want to, you know, we want to be comfortable in your home and get used to it. So the first time we were there, it was just on one of our one of our trainings. We 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 went up there, had a good training day, and it's like right away you could tell it was nice. The turf feels good. It's really cool to to see. Just I I guess like I didn't realize how many seats there just were, and that was really cool to see. It's like a proper stadium atmosphere. And then when you look down towards the end and where all the food trucks were, you you could see, when it was empty, you could see like the layout how it was going to be yeah. and kind of gets gives that feeling like you see the pictures in your head like oh cool you know we're gonna have some stuff down there we're gonna have some stuff over here and then the second time we went was when we, we put up the post ourselves which was such like a callback to my high school rugby days <laughs> but in, in the best possible way you know and it was just such like the iron worker standard it's something that we've been talking a lot among amongst the team so it, it was you know it was funny the you get a bunch of but you get you know 30 plus professional rugby players, you can tell them you have to put up your own posts. And in the wrong group, you know, it might rub some guys the wrong way, but we just, we, okay, we, we look, you know, we made jokes about it. I know Stan got some good, some good material from him, but we had fun doing it. And then the third time was for, for the game, obviously. And that was by far the best time. You know, you go Absolutely. And just do war- warming up when, when the bus pulled in and, and you could hear everyone. I know CN and Fordham played before the game, which is awesome that. We got some local schools playing and, and giving them an opportunity to, to showcase themselves as players and for the school's teams. And then uh, it was just going out there for the warm-up, running through the tunnel and hearing hearing people before you even saw them and then standing for the national anthem. That It was just – it was really, really unbelievable. I mean, everyone's standing in front of us in the stands and you're like, crap, like this is this is a lot of people. And you look to the left and there's even more people down by the food trucks and – it, it just felt like such a proper professional atmosphere. It was, I, I loved every second of it. That's awesome. That's, that's what I love to hear. It's funny. So you talk about the, the noise and obviously I'm a yeller and, I, and I'm kind of right next to a camera. So I wonder if they hear me, but 
I it's all metal and I was trying to really get some like good foot action and it's all brand new. So it's nice and tight. So nothing's really moving. And you're kind of like, <laughs> my hips still kind of hurting. And I was looking down and I tell my father, Hey, how many screwdrivers you think we can bring with us? They're, they're not going to catch the front door. And he's like, what? Yeah, maybe we're going to. And then I looked down, it was all riveted. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you can't loosen them up. Cause I'm like, man, if we could really get banging, it'll be loud. But, um, but yeah, the food truck area is nice. And I know that they're going to be putting um, some tables and chairs out by the, that patio area yeah. in the near future. There's some more space that they can add to. Um, and it just wasn't set up for last week. And to be honest, last week's weather wasn't going to be the greatest anyway to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But as we roll into the, the spring and summer months, we're going to have a nice patio area. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, everything on the big board replays, um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through real quick. I mean, the iron workers won 39 to three. It was a big win against the Toronto team that unfortunately was down. They were out every single one of their fly halves, which, you know, you never want as a, as a team. Um, you had a guy, uh, just, just filling in a fly half. And unfortunately, um, Mitch Richardson is an experience showed, um, especially in the first half where they really Toronto really couldn't get out of their own half. Um, but you know, unfortunately also Rooney also kind of had their own handling errors, you know, first half and kind of getting the, the jitters out. I think, you know, there was a lot of hype and there's a lot of juice and sometimes you kind of try a little too hard on what you're doing. And you, you make those mistakes, but we settled down. Um, you know, it, it's, I think the, the biggest thing that, you know, really happened in that first half was unfortunately, um, Siren Breen and Cole Davis colliding, uh, the two Toronto players colliding and, uh, Siren's shoulder hit uh, hit Cole right in the mouth. Apparently, is what I was told, and he was out, and then hit his head on the ground, and was really out. Um, credit to the official. Credit to all the the medical staff was running on the field before the official called the time. Not that the official was not going to call the time immediately, but his, his, his he was looking at the ball um, before he could put the whistle to his mouth. But I mean, if you could, this is probably the quickest reaction time I've ever seen. Both teams, medical staff getting there. The the uh, Mount Vernon Police, uh, excuse me, fire department was there, and their EMS was there. Um, I know that uh, Cole was conscious getting into the ambulance, and he was subsequently released a day later and traveled back home with the team. So we wish him a speedy recovery. You know, it's one of those hits you never want to see in rugby. You never want to see anybody get hurt. Um, luckily, Siren, I believe, came right back. I don't even think he went in for an HIA um, because he just kind of, you know, they collided and he he landed on his his ass. Really, thank God, knock on wood. Um, but it was one of those things we're, we're glad to, to see him through. Um, we go into the second half and all of a sudden um, you guys poured it on him. Um, you know, Ben Bonasso and Nate Brakely running like, I, w- I wouldn't say gazelles. We'll call it, we'll say giraffes, <laughs> big knocky need, very tall giraffes, but man, they were running. Uh, they were running really hard. Um, Connor Buckley got the start at, uh, at scrum half uh, hashtag muscle hamster. Um, probably the jacket scrum half you'll ever see, you know, I mean, really, it's just, it's like a bodybuilder at the number nine position there with, with Connor. Um, but then let's, let's talk about Eamon. Eamon comes in, um, getting the ball out quick, um, really working the ball down the line. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, the iron workers are down inside the five meter mark and Eamon, can you talk us through what you were thinking when you scored your try there? Uh, Sure. So it had been, you know, us, us, our speed of play had been a big focus as a team uh, in general, especially when we got down in that area. We've been talking about it just as personal, personal team-wise goal. It's, it's a, we want to be fast at all parts of the field. We, we take a lot of pride in that. And, I mean, our, you know, a, a lot of people 
and especially probably some people who are more new to the game rugby casuals they obviously they 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 see more of of like the flashy stuff so the big runs the scores and and they'll see a lot of that and and it's the cool part and that's what we want to show but the if you go back and watch especially the second half of the game our breakdown work was awesome and any nine will tell you all we want is is clean ball if it, it, when we have clean ball it makes everybody's lives easier it makes our lives easier and I like our boys, our, our forwards when we were hitting up in the middle and our backs when we were getting to the edge. It was some of the best breakdown work that, that I've, ever, I've ever experienced playing. And it, it made everything else easier. So in that moment, we had our boys have been running really hard, punching really good holes. I think we had about four or five consecutive phases of gain line. And it's very tough to defend in that situation because you're, you're trying to cover space and people while going backwards so and that's just a lot of credit to our to our runners and it's like i, I can't talk about the breakdown of our breakdown work was was great and then i was just fortunate enough that we had gotten to a point where we put them back literally up you know up against the wall we're probably a meter out and the defender who was at that first position i assume was just getting ready to, to, to punch out because we've been playing back and forth as fast as we could and he just left the hole vacated, and I was right place, right time, uh, and just dove over. Yeah, I, I was going to say, if you watch the video, there's a nice video on Instagram. Um, it, it, prior to the, where the video is positioned at and starts at, um, we had been throwing the balls out to our forwards and those quick pop passes and seeing what we could get. And you're right, the defender just kind of started to lean and sneak over, and he took about two steps to his left, and you kind of just looked up like, did he just move and took it right in for the score. Is this real? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can almost see, like you look up, like surprise on your face a little bit. Like did he? Did he just move? Because there's nobody around you. Um, here's our boy, uh, New England Free Jacks, the Jacks Rangers. So what up to Phil Harris? Always got to shout him out. Um, but yeah, you kind of if you see the video, you look up like for a split second, like shit, and then just dive right in, right through that a gap. And you know, it, that's you're right. It's it's the big boys up front, and even I got to be honest. You had players like uh, Fossey Fuatai and Jason Fossey Henry. In the breakdown. Yeah, Fossey was in the breakdown. You had you had your wings, you had your centers in your breakdown. But the, the big boys running the ball and gaining some meters like we talked about before. I mean, Nick Mayhew gaining meters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavita Lange coming in for his first appearance for the Ironworkers and getting meters. Caleb Geiger scoring almost immediately when he got in. But again, coming off a of mall, rolling, rolling, rolling. So I think they were so... Uh, um, thinking about you know big boy play that they they just you know that, that's what happens you make that mental mistake you move over and then a cheeky nine like you pops one right in so you know it's it's one of those things where when you see it you like that your nine does it because you know they you, you're paying attention it wasn't just like you're just gonna throw it out and not look yeah you know which some of the some younger players can do um especially when they're home field and again everybody's amped up and yeah i mean it's we you talk about younger players, but I, I I'm personally do it all the time when you get so focused on on playing fast that you just get to the ball and move it and you're not scanning. But if you look at the whole 60 minutes that Connor was in, he was taking his snipes almost every two or three phases and just things like that because he he had a couple breakaways, he had his tap and go, but even from the the rocks he was getting gain line. I want to say if he had 10, 10 snipes, I think he made gain line seven of them. But yep. those other three, they still keep the defense honest. Honest, yep. Exactly. And when you do things like that the whole time, it starts opening up space. And then when you tack around the rucks, and then it opens up space wide, and then you go to space wide, and then space opens up back around the rucks. So it was exactly. just it was just a very, you know, it was a good day of keeping them honest with, with how we were playing. 
keeping the game game uh, the the attack game balanced in, in that way as well. Again, going short when you know you have a gap, or going long when you know you brought them in exactly. on, a, on a hard uh, breakdown. So now we're gonna get into the interview portion. This is this is me and Mikey's favorite portion. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna say you have to spend your money on an MLR kit. Can't be Rooney. What kit are you purchasing in 2023? This is a tough one. I wish you guys would give me any kind of prep. So <laughs> that's the whole point. We want to get you in trouble with the yeah. organization. I'm all right. So I'm I'm gonna answer with this because I've had friends who play in a lot of a lot of places. My one of my best friends, uh, college roommate Kyle Sakara. They call him the Eagle at the Free Jacks. Oh we, we, God! We lived together for four years at Bonnie's. So and then my other friend from Atlanta, Connor Keys, they're one of my really good friends. But I can't choose the Free Jacks because they're a competitor. Uh, my old, you hear that, Phil? You hear that? Yeah. yeah. One of my old buddies, uh, John Sullivan, another Bonnie's connection, played Atlanta with them last year. He, when he was with Nola, my mom got me one of the the uh, Mardi Gras jerseys, yeah, which I always think tight. are really sharp. But they're in the East, so I can't pick Nola either. I can't pick Atlanta <laughs> because now they're an enemy. So I'm actually going to be honest, and just as much as based on the uniform, which I think is has always been maybe not the loudest, but it's very sharp. And I just think the place is beautiful. I would go Utah Warriors. Listen, I like the Utah uh, fit. Um, it's the, first of all, the red and black always a good color, especially yeah. for the MLR teams that have had uh, kits that are red and black. I think knock them out of the park. And of course, wearing it and, and either playing or watching at Zion Bank Stadium, you, you can't beat that. I got let's oh, let's be honest, beautiful places. Yeah, yeah. it's especially in, in the United States, definitely. So um, it's almost you know, as good as Mount Vernon. Almost, 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 almost. You can see the big guy's house if you squint really bad. You know, the Bronx is right there. You got the hutch next to you. Targets right in front of you. I mean, listen, you can't beat that. If I got to be honest, if you said we're having a team in New York and we're putting it in the middle of a city, this is what I envision. You know, it's Mount Vernon, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Oh, man, you know what? He went through the whole thing, too. He was teasing us with yeah. the free jacks thing. Oh, I'm, I was gonna I'm say friends with me. I'm friends with Kyle, dude. I'm like, you better not say free jacks. You better not say free jacks. No, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you you kind of mentioned it as you're going through, but um, you know, your St. Bonaventure product. Uh, you're one of many St. Bonaventure products that's in the MLR. So what was it like, you know, playing rugby under Tui? And then what's it like being one of many St. Bonaventure, you know, players that is now playing professionally for the MLR? Oh, absolutely. So I, I have been very fortunate in my rugby journey to have some of the most incredible coaches. I mean, at every step of the way at, at Xavier, you know, every nine's dream is to be coached by the USA nine. And I was fortunate enough to have Mike Petrie. I did miss Tolkien, which was which I was always bummed about. I, I was the four years that he was away doing national team duty. But I did have Petrie, Norris and Sweeney are great coaches. St. Bonaventure, though taught me how to take my game to the next level and specifically Tui did that and I think you see with the amount of you know from such a small school who very recently has made a push to be competitive at the high collegiate level um Tui has been a massive massive influence on me he's, he's a mentor I'll have in my life forever he was he was the first honestly he's probably the first person who directly told me what I was bad at and and he wasn't a you know he didn't shy away from it he never put me down but he was like, look, if you're serious about taking games to the next level, you need to get better at X, Y, and Z. And I, I spent a lot of time doing that. I actually, ironically enough, think I was very lucky that I went into the MLR the year before the draft happened 
because I don't think I was MLR ready when I graduated. And going down to Atlanta, being with their academy and being with them in their first or second year where, in my opinion, it's safe to say, look back on now, if they were more established at that point, I don't think I would have lasted as long as I did. But because it was it was the building program, and uh, but it's another place I was benefit of incredible coaching, uh, Scott Lawrence, uh, Nessa Malifa, Blake, and, and Steve Brett in the last two years, I was able to, to grow and either grow rapidly or get left behind. So that that was just a, a big part of my journey that I'm uh, very grateful for. But Tui, uh, I, sorry, I ramble a little bit. I, I apologize. Sorry, okay. To bring it back to Bonnie's, I mean, Tui was, is awesome. What he's doing up there, all those players. I mean, you look in the last four years, you've put Kyle Sakara, myself, and now Sebastiano Vellani down in NOLA, all in the MLR. Um, it, it, it's, he's doing the right things up there, and the program's going the right way. So it, it's very great. I'm very grateful. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, and it's good. It's always nice to see the Xavier kids. I'm an honor prep kid, so it's always like to okay the local yeah the local Catholic high school kids doing well. Um, so my next question, this is always a good one. I believe the next away match is March 19th against the Free Jacks. Now, you guys are away. Who on the team would you not want to room with? Oh, that's that that's a tough one because. I, this is my first year with the team, and I've only roomed with a, with a couple of guys so far, and I've been really lucky. I, I roomed with uh, Andrew Coe, who's great, Baki, oh, who's good. great, uh, and Quan, Daquan Perry. Um, all good guys. None of them snored, which I was very <laughs> – right, So every every single prop is out. So Yeah, well, so out. I was going to say, I think when it comes to the worst, the worst ones I've heard so far <laughs> might be Nick Mayhew. Sounds, sounds like a chainsaw. <laughs> I've heard. Um, everyone's been pretty clean. I've I, I kind of look at look at those things who's in the locker room. Nobody's a mess at all. I don't think anyone would be bad to room with, but just based on the rumor when it comes to sleeping, I'm gonna have to throw a Mayhew under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll wear that one. I love that. I love that. And now a two-parter that we got for every single every single Rooney player has answered this. Um which do you prefer? Uh Long socks or short socks, and then uh, plain cleats or flashy cleats. All right, so it's it, the first one's funny you ask because up until I was very insecure about it, I was never insecure about it, and then two years ago I became insecure about it, and then I just kind of said, "Screw it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing." Uh, I've always been a, lo- a long socks guy. My, so my dad and my uncles started a rugby club in Bayonne in, in the late '80s called Bayonne Bombers, and I would always see the pictures of them from you know the eighties and the nineties where they had the long uh, wool shirts with the collars, the shorts and the high socks. So I always had the high socks in my mind. I used to go high socks and Jersey tucked in. Yeah. Come on. And yeah. Proper. Okay. That's proper. Uh, my first year with Atlanta's Academy, it was, we we're getting ready for our first game and I tucked the Jersey in and I had the shorts up and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm feeling good. And one of my friends with teammate, I'm not going to say his name because up to me and goes, dude, you look like a large toddler. <laughs> like you look like somebody dressed you to try and make you look like a rugby player. Get like get comfortable. So I, I kind of you know my glass shattered. I, I saw reality, and I, I keep the long socks, but I, I I do untuck my jersey now to be a little bit more 
more natural. Um, but it's actually a point in the game. My my partner, Tierney, she pointed out. She asked me the same question. She goes, are you long socks or short socks? And I, I come with the long socks. And after like two or three phases, they drop down. And then you can right see down. on the camera, I pull them right back up at the, at the next break. <laughs> so I, I love the long the long socks. Um, cleats, flashy or plain, whichever is on sale at, at the moment. There we go. I've never, I've never been a big cleat guy. The ones I have right now are probably the flashiest I've ever had. I feel like Buzz Lightyear when I wear them. <laughs> um, and also, shout out Charlie Hewitt, who has the same cleats. And I said them. It's probably not a good thing when the scrum half and lock have the same. Have the same <laughs> uh, oh God! But I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty easy with that stuff. Whichever, whichever uh, I can get the most affordable at that moment, and will last me well. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to ask uh, one last one and then Michael ask his, his last one. All right. So we know, we already know who controls the music at practice. And it's not you. No. Um, you get to pick one song you could play at a practice session. What song you play? Oh, one song to play at a practice session from my personal catalog would probably, let me check on my Spotify really quick <laughs> because I, I have a playlist and I'm so used to it now. That the songs just kind of go and go and go. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Oh, um, all right. Lately, oh, uh, sh- wait, that one. Mm, damn it. All right. One song just to get me going, like a good, a good kind of vibe. I'll probably go "Mind Over Matter" by Young the Giant. Just good, go. yeah, good feel, good song. Loud starts off a little bit low, and then you hit the chorus. I'd, I'd be fine with that. And I don't think anybody judge me too hard. That's because that's the second part of the problem. I never envy the person who has to play their music for the team. <laughs> there's, there's always going to be someone who hates what you play, no matter what. His name is Dylan Fawcett. <laughs> now I was going to say, final question. Uh, you know, you're, you are a local product, but you're coming in from, you know, ATL. How has it been, you know, integrating into the team? Uh, it, it's, it's probably been a lot easier than I would have thought. Um, I had a lot of nerves and trepidation com- coming back, to be totally honest with you. I mean, I loved my time in Atlanta. I have nothing bad to say about that place. Uh, Jason Dom, the eight man, I was just in his wedding over uh, back in November. I mean, I, I truly made some friends and relationships that last me for a lifetime. And I talked to you guys earlier about how much I benefited from the rugby and appreciate it. But... I always wanted to play for New York since the team was found. I will, I'll never lie about that. I'll never shy away from that. Uh, I it, it hurt when I didn't my first year out of out of college. I also won't lie about that. But I, I'm grateful to for the journey I've had and to be back there now. Um, but when when I came back and when I signed with the team, I did have a lot of people say, "You know, your home, your home is nice to be home. Is nice to be home." And the the fact of the matter is. I actually moved into my current apartment with my partner um, in October before I even knew I was going to be playing with, with New York. So it, it was kind of regardless of whether I played or not, I was going to be home. And now when I think of home, just as much I think of here in Jersey City where I grew up, I also think of that locker room because the, the boys have just been unbelievable. And, you know, obviously I didn't. I didn't play a lot. If you look at my history, I didn't play a lot with the land. I have a lot of appearances, but there was still that rivalry was very real. We played each other in the playoffs, you know, every year that Atlanta has been, been established. And we both look at each other. I think it's very, very 
reeling good opponents. So I did think about that a little bit. And I also thought about how I'm late to these relationship guys. You guys have been here for a while. But I mean, the boys have just since day one, they have just been awesome. And every day I've, I've become more and more comfortable. And I'm, I'm an extrovert by nature. I, I, I know I am. But you still feel nervous when you go into those environments because as much as it is a family, it's also the competition. It's a job now. But being, you know, if you, even if you want to look at the nines locker room, you know, with both Connors, they've been phenomenal. All three of us, I think we have such a good relationship in terms of competing, but also pushing each other to, to be great. And then off the pitch, the guys have just, you know, rugby dudes are a certain type of, of dude. And usually wherever you go, if there's a rugby guy there, you can mesh. But the, these boys are very family-oriented people, and they've welcomed me into theirs. And it's it's been it's been easier than I could have ever imagined in that aspect. And it's just been great. You know, I've, I'm I'm really appreciative of the guys, and I do love being home. I I, I can't say it any other way. <laughs> That's awesome. Real quick before before we go, we're just going to talk about week three a little bit. Uh, we got OGs coming to Mount Vernon to Memorial Field. You know, OGs are coming off a bye week in week one. They had a very impressive win against the Chicago Hounds. Uh, DC opened up in Sacred Field week one. Here's what I have to say. Their front pack looks good. Their set pieces look good. I think we match well in the set pieces, though. Um, there's a lot of juice when you're playing your first match at home. That kind of gives you some some of that, that magic, that secret stuff, as they would say, Michael's secret stuff, right? <laughs> Um, the other thing is they're playing the Hounds. The Hounds look a little bit disheveled when they were playing. It really wasn't much of a match. OGs handled them, which is going to be a little bit different than playing you know, a, a team that, that has been practicing for, for a month or two now, has played two matches, one really hard match away and one really good match at home. Um, so I think it's going to come down to, to the back line, guys. I think it's going to come down to the spine positions and what can our wings do? Um, can Ed break free? Can Andrew break free? I've really – not that I've been disappointed in their play – I've been disappointed that guys have had the chance to take them down cleanly because as we know, Andrew's slippery like an eel and Ed, as soon as he gets going, he's gone. But they, the people playing against them have been very, uh, been doing very well at making what I call one and done tackles, completing their own tackle and then having somebody come over and hit that breakdown secondarily. Um, but you know, that's just, that's just luck. And that's just skill. That's what you're going to run into. You're going to have a team that's going to be tackling you better one week to the next or worse one week to the next. So I think if we can break some of those tackles and make some of those gains, um, that'll be the difference between uh, us and the OGs. Mikey, what do you think? I think my, my thing is going to be, I think, uh, finishing in the red zone, you know, finishing inside the 22. If you look at, you know, the game this past week, uh, there's so many times we're driving down the field, driving down the field, you know, we're inside opposition 22. We had the ball. We, you know, we, we went into halftime up 13, nothing. In all reality, it could have been, you know, tw- you know, 20 something, 30 something to nothing at halftime with how, you know, how far, how much we had the ball and how, you know, we're constantly in their own zone. Um, so it just means we got to finish. You know, when we get down there, we got to finish, we got to finish, we got to finish. Um, you know, a few unlucky breaks, a few handling errors, a um, few times guys were breaking away and no one was there to ruck. You know, that's, you know, that's the stuff that we got to do. Unfortunately, you know, Toronto kept shooting themselves in the foot and giving us the opportunities to keep coming back. But I don't think this is, this is not the OGs team that we've seen in the past. Um, this is definitely a very tough OGs team. And they've, they talked about how they, you know, they've done an overhaul basically of the organization and how they want to win. Um, so I think it's going to be a very tough game. And that, you know, with that being said, we're going to have to make sure that when we get, you know, our chances to score, we do score. Yep. Uh, another thing, make sure Danny Tusatala doesn't get under our skin. He's very typical 90, like a little gnat, always circling around stuff, trying to start fights. But, I'm going um, to be honest. I love, like, I, 
it seems yeah, like a different you're a fucking nine, Mike. It's it seems like yeah, to see it's a if it's a different Danny Tuzala. Like I don't feel it like you know he was getting under Chicago's you know skin. He was getting you know feisty. I as a nine, I like that. I, I don't know. I'll let you know let let the forwards do, do the work for All me. Right. I'll start shit and let them you know let them do it. But yeah, you know. All right, before we go, Mike. Before we go, give us team. yeah, give us your over under and give us give us your. Uh, I'm going to say total score is definitely going to be over 50, and I'm going to say rugby New York by five. I'm going to, I would, I would say that's good, you know, plus the uh, minus three for the home field advantage, and then a solid two. I think it's going to be a tight match, but I think we're going to squeak one out. You're right. OGs really have upgraded, um, but this is what we love to see. We want to make sure every team is competitive in our conference, and that way we know we're going to keep the shield, at least in the Eastern Conference, but we know we want to keep it here in New York. Um, anyway, yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, Rooney by five is a good score. Uh, Eamon, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. We really appreciate it. Um, great to see you out there last week. Hopefully you'll be on the selection sheet when it comes out in the next day or two. We'd love to see you play. Um, and if not, just come hang out with the big guy. Um, jazz, see, go GC jazz at the merch tent on Sunday. Um, come hang out. Like I said, we, we tailgate the first floor, the best buy parking lot. Come see the big guy and hang out with the rest of the hard hats. Uh, check us out at the preview show 30 minutes before match time. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrar. That's Mike, the grand boo, Bob Parazzini. Eamon has to go do some, uh, some trivia night at the bar. So we're going to let him go. And everybody else. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Let's go. Iron workers. Just, just drinking water. to Cly-